and welcome to the Digitize Diaries, your one-stop conversational platform for frank and open communication around the digitization process. Each episode, we deep dive into examples, experience and learnings from experts in the field, as well as expanding on our own journey so far. A safe environment to discuss the future of commerce and the role technology will play in it for your business. Now let's jump right in to the conversation. And welcome back to another episode of the Digitize Diaries. My name is Wayne Denner. I'm one of your hosts on this journey. And I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by my co-host, Barry Cummins. Barry, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Wayne. I'm very well indeed. Thanks very much. Great to be on the call this afternoon, joining you all the way from the actually today not so sunny United Arab Emirates, uh, but I dare say a little bit warmer than where you are. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, It's grey skies here at the moment. There's rain on the horizon, but hopefully in the not too distant future, we will have some blue skies making their way to this part of the world. But we're in episode three today, Barry, of the Digitized Diaries. And what is this podcast all about? Well, the Digitized Diaries is really our brainchild, if you like, to create a safer space to have a conversation around this idea of digitization digitalization uh, and digital transformation. Um, It's something that you and I have been involved uh, with for a little while now with our own product and uh, application called CoBabble. And we wanted a platform to share some of our learnings, but I guess more importantly, to also have an open discussion with other people that are involved in the digital transformation area uh, or people that are actually going through a digital transformation project within their business or or professionals that are involved with helping businesses get through this. Because whilst the idea isn't necessarily new, it's gained a lot of traction in the last sort of 12 months. And I think there's, from our experience in the conversations we've been having, there's a bit of confusion out there. There's a bit of uh, the unknown. There's a bit of pushback against this whole idea of technology and so forth. And and we wanted to be able to create a safe space to ask questions, talk about things, uh, and, and have this um this conversation, uh, this dialogue between us and those out there and a little bit selfishly so that we can learn because at the end of the day, we're involved in this, but there's so much going on and there's so many different avenues that we wanted to, I suppose, satisfy our own requirement for learning because both you and I are lifelong learners. We're heavily involved in developing ourselves. We're heavily involved in sharing and training in in a different world and cyber safety and cyber bullying. And so we're constantly learning. And there's so many cool people out there involved in this that we can learn, we can share some experience, we can open the dialogue. And the more we do that, the more we can embrace what's happening with technology. And I think that we can all as business owners, small, medium or enterprise, start the charge forwards in confidence and really embrace the benefits that the technology can bring us. We do indeed. And the great thing today is we're actually recording this episode and we're going to have it repurposed into a podcast for people to listen back to. And as you rightly mentioned, Barry, this is all about learning. Uh, Hello to Marie 
uh, listening in today. Hello to Doreen and hello to Collie Graham. Uh, I'm sure Collie uh, has seen masses amount of transformation and change, particularly in the sales sector. But I'm sure Collie would agree that having conversations with your prospects is really important. So I suppose we have to be careful about that we don't over digitize absolutely everything or that we don't make sure that everything within our companies or organizations is completely automated. And I know we talked about that the last day, Barry, about McDonald's, for example, looking to, um, has in fact opened its first automated restaurant uh, in Texas. And we talked a little bit about that. So if you guys want to listen back to that episode, do check out uh, episode one uh, of the podcast, indeed episode two of the podcast, which are going to be available uh, later today on iTunes and all good uh, podcasting platforms. But I think what we're going to talk a little bit about today, Barry, is the difference between digitization and digital transformation. And there is a, there is a difference. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit off air about the purpose of our own platform, CoBabble, which we're going to talk a little bit about later on. But it's about taking uh, physical uh, content uh, processes, items that you, you may do in a, in a physical environment and actually digitizing it. Yeah, exactly. And and I think it's it's important for us to as early on as possible talk about those differences because I think one of the things that we've experienced ourselves over the last uh, six to 12 months is um, a lot of confusion um, from businesses that are perhaps new to this or looking into it. Um, that confusion can lead to a little bit of fear. Uh, and so there's pushback against this. And as you said, digitization is actually taking the you know, with the process of taking what would traditionally be called, I suppose, analog data or physical uh, content. Let's say you've got some forms or you've got some checklists that have previously been printed off and stuck to a clipboard and then marked on, you know, with a pen, uh, and taking that and making it into a digital version. And then digitalization or the digital transformation process is all related to the uh, the actual processes. So taking it um, from uh, an analog process whereby it's manually printed off, it's manually filled out, then you have to enter the data somewhere along the line, and then the data becomes available to the business. Um, is there a way to maybe streamline that process? And in our opinion, and as it's being seen around the globe in various different market sectors, it is possible, um, and it doesn't have to be as difficult as it might appear in the first place. And so this is really where we get into the uh, the granular detail because people say, oh, well, you know, we're, we're running a digital, we're running a digital transformation pro program. And they say, oh, is it, are we digitizing? Is it digitalization? I'm confused. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. And uh, we, we, it's a common thread through some of our previous episodes, but I think it's really important just to, to go back to it that that kind of reaction to it usually results in fear and that fear is preventing especially small and medium businesses from taking some of the steps forwards that would really benefit them um, and if we can I guess put our ducks in a row or or separate things out for everybody so that they're very clear of what digitization is versus the digitalization and then we can take a project step by step, for example, and understand where we are in that project. And, you know, what this is not something that's going to be solved overnight. It's not something that's going to happen overnight either. It is a process in itself. And it's going to take time for us to evolve our business. But if we do start taking those first steps, that evolution of our business allows us to thrive in the future. Uh, and so this is where, you know, understanding the, the terminology, I suppose, is so important. But also, again, harking back to why we're doing this, that 
we've experienced this in some of the work we do with cyberbullying prevention and cyber safety is that it's been an issue for so long that there are now questions that people are, are scared to ask because they think, oh, I should know this. Um, and I think in the whole digitization, digital transformation piece, there's also people getting to that point, even though we're in relatively early days for some, that I don't want to ask that question because I might appear a bit silly or I should probably know what that is. And this is a big part of what the digitized diaries is to say, well, there aren't any silly questions. If you don't know the answer to the question, then it's a valid question. And to some who are not involved in technology or don't have the background that you or I have, Wayne, um, it can be confusing. It's confusing to us. And, you know, we've been involved in it for quite a while. And so maybe we can help with some clarity there. And that's exactly why we're creating this podcast and we're having these discussions so people can learn. And we're all here to learn from each other. So if anybody's listening in today in the audience, hello to Robin. Uh, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions or you'd like to get involved in the conversation, uh, it's just a matter of raising your hand and we'd be delighted uh, to get you up to share some insights, uh, to ask a question uh, or even to share your experience. And that's what's really important. And that's what we're hoping to achieve uh, in these uh, conversations that we're having on a weekly basis. We hear a lot of talk, Barry, around the different skills that people need, and we're seeing a lot of new jobs being created off the back of digital transformation and, and really more and more companies looking to, 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 to move that way. Um, and we're seeing things like big data uh, starting to become a huge component within many companies and organizations. We're hearing AI. We talked a little bit a couple of moments ago about chat, uh, GPT. Um, we're hearing things like machine learning, um, open stack, cloud computing, uh, robotic processes, automation. Um, and those are becoming the buzzwords uh, of our time now at the moment. But that leads really into the, the challenges when it comes to technology talent. So while digital transformation is going to be continue to be a catalyst, businesses are going to be seeking talent who can bring with them innovation and creativity. And I think that's really important, particularly within, you know, all companies and organizations, no matter how small or large you are, it's looking for more innovation, uh, but looking for creative ways to implement these digital solutions. Absolutely. And I think that it's really important to think about that, that there's a huge opportunity there. Uh, we, we've also experienced, you know, this pushback from people saying, well, the te technology is going to take my job. And, uh, and I don't like it because of that. But actually what we could potentially look at is that's not going to be happening for quite a few jobs for quite a few years, which means we've got a time period here where we can take that opportunity to maybe uh, reskill because at the moment there is a lack of uh, people with the necessary skills required for the future. So there's this huge gap in the market for people with specific coding skills, with specific uh, approaches to certain things. Um, there's not enough. There's not enough people out there. And when we talk to, at least when I'm talking to students in schools and, and going in and, and having a chat with them, I try to help them understand this, the size of the opportunity if they decide to sort of steer their boat, as it were, towards this idea, is that they could be training and, and studying. And as they come out into a hyper-competitive market, they would actually be going into a market space where there's um, – opportunity, you know, where, where companies are going to be saying, oh, we desperately need programmers of this ilk. We desperately need anybody with open AI um, experience. And, and we need people even from a cybersecurity perspective. There's not enough professionals in that area is that there's all these opportunities that maybe we just need a, a change of mindset to this idea of, of digitization, because I think, and we've said it before, it's happening and it's going to continue to happen. 
And if you can already see that maybe your job is one that could be taken by the technology, do you have an opportunity to do something about it? And, and in my opinion, maybe we do, and that we can take that time now to fill the skills gap. And whether that's internally for businesses to say, you know what, we're going to need this. And so future planning, succession planning from that perspective, or you're in a, in a, a job at the moment where you can see, you know what, I can see this is going to come to an end, but it's not going to be for a couple of years. So I'm going to take those 12, 24 months and I'm going to reskill. I'm going to up, upscale what I can do and I'm going to go into this idea or this market of digital transformation. Uh, and I'm going to uh, attend to a need um, that is, quite frankly, desperately required. So it's a very valid point. There. Yeah. And there's so much content out there from a learning perspective when it comes to, you know, getting some skills or learning a little bit more about the different aspects that we're chatting about on the podcast today. And, you know, local universities, for example, I went back to the to the University of Ulster in the middle of um, COVID and they were running some programs for targeted at business owners in particular to upskill. And the program that I went on was um, digital transformation management. And I think it was about a about a 12-week program. Um, there was a couple of assignments to do within it. Um, there was a couple of presentations, but it was really learning from a, from a management perspective where digital transformation is going. Uh, and we were looking at the future of work, Barry, which leads very nicely into what you were talking about uh, a couple of moments ago. And, th and there are jobs that, that don't exist today that will exist in five years time. And there were jobs that exist today that didn't exist five years ago. So we're starting to see companies looking for the talent. And I think some, some of us, myself included, um, feel, well, you know, maybe I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm a bit too old to go back into university or go back into that type of environment. You know, I, di I didn't maybe grow up with this technology. Am I going to be able to get my head around it? But one of the things that, that I found really useful in that experience with going back to the University of Ulster, where there were a lot of people uh, my age, um, there were a lot of companies and organizations who took that as an opportunity to send their key staff back uh, to, to, to learn, uh, to find out what was happening and really try to upskill themselves in a way that they could bring some of those skills into the company or the organization that they're working for. But if maybe you're, maybe you don't have enough time maybe to go through a, a, a traditional program like that, there's lots of great learning and there's lots of great resources available online. YouTube, for example, is a great place to learn lots of um, information around what's happening in, 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 in the digital uh, transformation world in general. But even at the moment, I'm finding myself reading a lot around ChatGPT. Uh, I'm looking for some of the prompts uh, that allow me to use that particular program a little bit more efficiently uh, and get the most out of it. So, you know, whilst that piece of technology is available for people to go on and use, now, if you don't know how to use it efficiently and effectively, then you're not going to be able to extract the information uh, that ChatGPT provides. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's it's important to understand what chat GPT actually is, because there's some people that are hailing this as, oh, this is going to change everything, or people are going to start automating content creation. And so you're not going to have to worry about copywriting and all of these kind of things. But it's important to know that at this point in time, it's an aggregator. And so it's, it's gathering all of this information and being able to spit something out quite quickly, which in itself is amazing. And to your point, I've been playing around with it and seeing what it can help. And there's a lot of people just have to go onto LinkedIn and 
scroll through your feed and you'll see lots of people, chat GBT's account in particular, um, but other people are, are putting out what would effectively recipes, these prompts um, to get it to do certain things for you. And it's phenomenal in terms of what it can do. We're looking at it internally, you and I, for ways um, that it can help us. I'm looking at it from uh, another angle with another business that I'm involved with from a content creation perspective, from a, uh, a data um, analysis perspective as well, because you can tell it to go off and do certain things. And now you can't just press the button and then whatever it comes back with, you copy and paste and put it out there. You still have to do your due diligence. But what I've seen is that what it does come back with, you can go, hmm, I can use that or I can use that as the basis of what I want to create either content wise, blog post, report, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and what it's doing is it's shortcutting the time required to do it, which in the digital world, it's about something we talked about previously, convenience. But it's also that we're all time poor, or at least we perceive ourselves to be time poor at the moment. And the purpose of things like the technology and digitization, digitalizing processes is to save time. Because if we can save that time and we can do something else with that time that's more um, effective or impactful in our business, maybe it's a, a revenue generating exercise rather, th rather than an administrative one, then this is beneficial for the business. Um, and if we can use a tool like ChatGBT, then why wouldn't you? Um, because it's quite phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and sometimes I get it mixed up. Sometimes I say ChatGTP, <laughs> but it's actually <laughs> ChatGPT. And it is, uh, you can mix it up relatively easy. But for those people who don't know uh, what it is, that, that's a good outline of, of how it can help Barry within your company or your organization. And whenever I started to look at it, I was really impressed um, in relation to the, you know, some of the, the ways that you could use it from a from a marketing perspective, particularly uh, where it can help with your social media content creation. And it's a tool like anything else. It shouldn't replace uh, a lot of the other things that you still need to do, um, but it will help you with that time element as well. Um, and it's a good tool to, um, to help you come up with ideas in particular. Um, but the prompts are something that I'm realizing are really important. So if you are considering looking at that, you're considering experimenting with it, go and get a little bit more insight around some of the prompts uh, to help you get the most out of uh, the system itself. Um, because as I'm realizing now, that's what's really important. Um, there's some great content uh, online where you can learn a little bit more about what some of the prompts are when it comes to using chat uh, GPT more effectively. Yeah, and just before we move off of that, Wayne, I wanted to um, highlight something that we were talking about beforehand. And speaking of prompts, and, and maybe that sounds technical, and a prompt is effectively a recipe telling chat chat GPT what to go and look at and the one that you sent through we're going to be actively looking at it for what we're doing here with the digitized diaries just to make it very relevant because there's a prompt that's out there that allows um, chat GPT to actually create the description of your podcast episode by transcribing the podcast and then putting it in there and telling it to create um, a, a description and looking at that prompt and looking at some of the results of that it's going to be a massive, massive time saver for us. Um, and so, again, it, just to try and make it relevant and uh, not just us talking about it, we're going to be using it um, for, for numerous different things. Um, and that in itself is going to save us a massive amount of time, which means we can spend more time actually doing things like this, recording and, and going live and creating the content and not have to worry so much about the post-production stuff. Yeah, and I think that's something we can definitely report back on in future episodes, how that's actually working out for us. Uh, maybe 
some of the pitfalls, uh, some of the challenges with that. But that's one thing from a from a podcast production side of things. I think is is going to be really helpful if we can get it to work the way that we need it to work because that's the big challenge and we were talking about this Barry just off air the amount of time that goes into setting you know this episode up today uh, bringing people together and then you got to uh, post produce it in terms of getting it ready for the uh, repurposed version that's going to go out on social media that's going to go out on the iTunes Um, so any way that you can improve efficiencies and I think everybody will agree today that we're all really busy within our, our business and we're we're sometimes time poor. So any way that we can use the technology to improve efficiencies, I think it's going to be a good thing. Definitely. I think maybe further down the line, we'll be able to do a little bit of a, uh, a user test and ask people to go back through the episodes and see if they can tell which, um, you know, which ones have been written by a human being and which ones have been churned out by chat GPT. And it'll be interesting to see um, if people can identify that or whether it kind of adapts to the tone and what we want to say and how we want to say it and that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference because I think it raises quite an interesting conundrum if you like because some people say well that's not that's not ethical is it that's not right and there's this whole conversation going on in in schools right now because chat GPT can effectively write some of the essays that need to be written by school children and teachers and parents saying that's that's terrible that's not good um, but then there's the other camp saying well shouldn't we not be embracing that and instead of focusing on what it can produce how can we teach how to think creatively or to think analytically which it can't do as yet and you use it for what it can do and then expand on it and that would actually push us forwards um so maybe we can do a little bit of a you know real life uh, case study there get people to look at the, uh, the the show notes and see if they can tell which one was written by ai and which one was written by human yeah, I think that'll be fantastic. And that's definitely something we're going to tee up uh, and get done because it would be good to, to take a look at that. Once again, those of you who are joining us today live on this LinkedIn audio event, thank you for stopping by. Uh, hello once again to Marie, Colley uh, and Claire. Uh, if you have any questions, something you'd like to share, you'd like to get involved in this conversation, that's what it is. It's very much a conversation for people to come together in a safe space, share their thoughts on digital transformation, what they're seeing happening out there. Uh, and we're all looking to to learn from each other. So if you do have uh, a question, uh, an observation, or you'd like to join the conversation, just simply raise your hand. Uh, We'd be delighted to hear from you uh, today. But we're going to keep things moving on down the line, Barry. We're going to talk a little bit about digitization again. We're going to circle back around and we're going to pick an example today uh, in relation to our own experience uh, from our own technology solution, Cobabble, uh, and how it helps with the digitization process. Uh, and one of the things that we've really been focusing on is the ability to, to let small, medium businesses create their, their checklists uh, and to create those checklists up on the platform and then make those checklists available to your, to your staff, to your employees, uh, wherever they may be in the world, uh, and allow them to come into a handy smartphone app and complete uh, the checklist. So for us, it's 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 taking those physical-based checklists that you would have done within your company or your organization that might be paper-based, very analog, uh, and somebody would go around with a clipboard uh, and they would complete those checklists. So we're, we're making that process now more digital. Indeed, and it's um, in the grand scheme of things, it's a small step. And that was also a big part of what we thought with Cobabble is that, well, you could just keep doing it on paper. And uh, we looked into the market space and it was when we were told stories of things like checklists being undertaken, the 50 to 100 questions that the the 
checklist itself would be printed off. It would be put onto a clipboard. It would then be manually filled out. And then we heard stories of, and then that checklist would end up in the backseat of a car or the van, or it would never, ever make it back into the business. And these are things like safety checklists and, you know, quite important pieces of the the operational structure. Um, and in some cases, you know, to do with compliance, that there was a a chance that that data would not be recorded back within the business or that it was a double entry that they would go through this process of filling out, let's say, 100 questions on a paper checklist and then get back to the office and then have to enter all of that data um, into the system and then the data would be available to the organization and then the decisions could be made. Uh, whereas what we thought, well, there must be a, a, a faster way of doing that. And uh, and that's where Cobabble's checklist functionality came in so that you can create those checklists in digital format. Whoever's responsible for them almost certainly in today's world, and again, sweeping generalization, but almost certainly has a smart device of some sort. Uh, and if they don't have their own, that the, the business has one, you know, a, a tablet or a smartphone sat around that they could use. Um, and they could fill that checklist out in the digital space. And they could go through certain questions, go through certain processes. If things need to be allocated to another resource, that can be done immediately. And, uh, and what we see is this uh, streamline of the process. And the data being available to the business immediately. And again, in today's digital era, uh, the speed at which we can access some of this information and this data is essential because we need to make decisions quickly. We need to be able to be quite agile. And uh, especially when it comes to things like health and safety and uh, and that area and, and indeed compliance, we want to know as a business as quickly as possible, but something's not right. And uh, whatever it is, if we can be aware of it, then we can start the process of fixing it. Uh, and this is one of the massive benefits, we think, of being able to digitize these particular processes and just gain access to that data uh, quickly, um, as opposed to, again, some of the examples we've seen where that data will never actually be available to that business anyway. Yeah, or, or that data gets lost. And as you rightly said, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not where it needs to be. Uh, there's no way really to analyze it. Um, and it can get misplaced. So for us, it's very much looking at the traceability aspect of it as well and being able to assign that checklist to a particular individual uh, and notify that individual whenever that checklist is available and needs to be completed. So there is a level of automation uh, within what we're doing with Cobabble as well, which is really helpful because many people, you know, and we're all busy and I, I'm just as, as guilty as charged, you forget to do those things. So if you're in an environment where health and safety checklists need to be completed and are, are vital that they are completed uh, and done when they need to be done, um, this is a great way to, to, to prompt and to remind uh, the employee, the end user responsible for, for that checklist. But not only that, if the checklist doesn't get completed, then at least somebody from an administrative perspective, senior managers, can actually come in and see on the system where the checklists are, who's completed what, but also what have we picked up as a result of some of the concerns or the problems that, that may have been overlooked uh, and, and, and not captured in their traditional um, analog checklist. So with Cobabble, for example, you can take a picture if there's a problem or you can record a video. Uh, well, you're, you're not actually able to do that. You're just writing that problem down. You're not able to capture that physical evidence in the sense where you can take a picture, you can record a video uh, and you can you know, map 
map that back to the actual question where the problem has arised. Yeah, and you, I think the other thing that this also offers is accountability um, because you have this ability to build into the checklist digital signatures. And so you, you're actually having people be accountable for the work that they're supposed to be doing because, again, we, we've had real-life discussions um, around scenarios where things like safety checklists uh, around equipment, for example, on site, whether it's the safety of the ladders that are being utilised or the crane or whatever it is on site. And those uh, checklists, which you would hope were being undertaken on site whilst looking at said ladder or said um, crane, were being undertaken at the pub at lunchtime or at home that evening and then submitted. And uh, we wanted to try and avoid that happening because, again, there's obviously some pretty serious consequences of that. If uh, you were to say, yes, everything is absolutely 100% functional on site, and it wasn't. And so this was trying to also build integrity, I think, into into the entire process. But um, the, the idea of being able to document, allocate, a sign in real time, I think, offers businesses the opportunity to 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 really adopt the digitization process quickly and see the advantages very quickly as well. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other features, particularly related back to the checklist feature that we have available on, on Cobabble. I mean, if anybody wants to know any more information about Cobabble, please do stop by cobabble.com, uh, check out the website. Uh, and we're delighted to give uh, any dem- demonstrations for anybody who wants to know a little bit more about how it might be able to slot in or fit into your company or your organization. But I want to say uh, hello to Peter Doak uh, joining us today. Peter's a good friend of mine. Uh, Peter, we were talking earlier on um, about automation. Uh, we were talking about uh, chat GTP. Uh, I know you did uh, cover that in your uh, recent uh, podcast, but I just wondered, I'm going to throw Peter on the spot here. Uh, I know he's always good for for coming up and sharing some insights and thoughts. Um, but did you have anything interesting to add, Peter? I know you missed the piece that where we talked a little bit about uh, chat GTP. Um, anything else that you're experiencing in, in, in your business, Peter, for that piece of technology in terms of how it might be used. Uh, if you just raise your hand, if you'd like to come up and share any thoughts on that, be delighted uh, to, to welcome you up here today. Um, and I know it's something that both uh, me and Barry are experimenting uh, more and more um, within our own businesses uh, from a marketing perspective. But Peter, what's your thoughts? Hi, Wayne. Barry, how you doing? Um, hi, everyone. Nice to, nice to hear you on the digitized diaries. Yeah, chat GPT. I don't know. I think I was a little bit late to the to the party of it. Uh, I was sitting um, chatting to some um, younger digital marketers actually, and they were talking about chat GPT, and they showed me what it was capable of. You know, with just a few um, entries into the into the chat box. I'd used other uh, artificial intelligence tools like there's one called writer as well which is pretty cool for creating um content but none like chat gpt that felt and feels like it's a real superhuman that is spitting out uh, words and ideas and content at a rate that is just faster than any you know mind can can produce i the the thing that i did see that was really cool was I run a digital advertising agency and ROAS, return on ad spend, super important for my customers. And on my website, I'd love to have little tools like ROAS calculators and, and things like that. And I um, 
can't code at all. I'll do more damage in a in a website than than good if I start to code and go into it. But I then found that I then thought I had this brainwave and I thought, why don't I ask ChatGPT to create the code for me? Assuming that it would never do it and it would never work. And I mean, talking to yourselves, it's probably quite a simple bit of coding and that, but to me, it's a monumental task where you would have to learn so much to be able to, to create it. And ChatGPT within microseconds spat out this code. And I thought this is never going to work. And I put it into one of those, you know, online HTML editors and it worked perfectly. I put in the calculation of the um, spend and the revenue generated and it pulled out, you know, exactly what the, the ROAS calculation was. And I, I think I sat for a good 15 minutes after just going, wow, this is this is where we're at, at now, where the speed of you know solutions and information will just be accelerated beyond anything that I had ever ever thought thought before. And that Wayne and Barry has been my experience um up to this point. I think that's fascinating. Um I thought Barry was gonna come in there, so I was just uh, I was just going, wow. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and there's a good example, Peter, of, you know, you don't have those skills in that area. Uh, and you were actually, you said something really interesting where you love to have those things available on your website for people to come in and test. Previous to this, you would have had to go and find a developer. You would have had to sit down with them. You would have to explain everything that needed to be done. Um, and then you would have had to get that done. Um, but to, to have that ability to be able to test something really quickly, I think is really interesting. Um, and that's one of the great things that something like that tool provides. You, you know, maybe you just want to test something. You just want to see how it works and if it will work and could it work. Uh, and there you go. That's a great example of, of, of you know, using a, a tool like that. And I suspect that, that these tools are only going to get better. I think we're all probably in agreement that they're going to get better. They're going to get more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're going to get more refined. Uh, the, 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 the end results are going to be better, I suppose, over time. And we were talking about this earlier on about the importance of the prompts. And I don't know if you've done any research into that, Peter, about you know making sure that you're using the right prompts um, whenever you're using that particular tool so that you're giving it you know the correct parameters or as clear uh, as possible parameters around what you're looking to get out of it. No, I tell you what, that I've learned something then then today. I with this technology and all new technologies, I'm probably one of the most dangerous people to, to use it because I kind of bumble my way until I find it doing something uh, cool. I didn't even know that you could structure prompts in order to get more relevant uh, information out. Actually, feel like in order to get the information I've wanted recently, I've just been having a kind of a conversation with the, with the, with the AI edit. Um, so it's really cool. I'll have to look, look that up, but, it, but it's funny. Um, that might, I remember years ago, years and years ago, I was younger and it was whenever Google was kind of just starting. And I remember hearing that someone was employed to help people search properly on, on Google. And I believe that that, I remember thinking that was an absolutely ridiculous thing for anybody. So you just go in and you go in and you Google, but now I understand that that was the beginnings of, you know, SEO and, you know, how to structure um, search results and how to get shown. And, and that's exactly what I, what I do now. So um, the idea of prompts and um, finding the right way to speak to the AI, 
is um, quite quite amazing and I look forward to giving that a go. That's fantastic, uh, Peter. And I think, yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy playing with it from that perspective. And I'm not sure if you were on just when we were talking about it, but one of the things that we're going to be testing it with is creating the show notes. And it's interesting because the prompt that we'll be using is to create SEO-friendly show notes that we can put into the description uh, on on the the various different you know podcasting channels out there, um, and, and I think that you you're also it, you're actually the perfect person to kind of trial it out because you don't have a preconceived idea. Same as me, I'm not technical actually, really, having been involved in this industry for a while. But I'm asking it questions and I'm just putting what's in my head just to see what it comes up with, um, and I think that it will get refined. You don't get the attention of Microsoft looking to put, I think, some like, I don't know, it was either a billion or 10 billion over the next few years into this kind of technology um, if they can't see a way for it to be a huge part of everybody's business moving forward. So it will be interesting to see how it refines and what it moves to and when it becomes monetized because it inevitably will. Um, so I suppose the advice is to, to get in there right now and, and do whatever you can with it whilst it's free um, and, and see how it can, can help. And as you're doing, just type stuff into it and see what it comes out with um, and I think I said it previously but don't just take whatever it spits out as read um, make sure that you go through it make sure you have a read of it uh, test it as you're doing with the kind of codes that it's just churning out and just see think you know what this could really help me with x y or z in my business uh, and I'll use it for that for the time being yeah I think that's a great way to to look at it because you know there, there it's going to spit out some stuff that you know you're going to need to check and I was even doing some quick research on you know writing blog posts through it and coming up with social media posts. And if you copy and paste some of the stuff into like, you know, an, an, you know, a plagiarism checker, um, it'll, you know, depending on which one you use, it'll, it'll come back and it'll say this was generated by AI. So then it's even a matter of taking it over to maybe some other tool, Quillbot, I think springs to mind, uh, that might be useful uh, where you can rephrase, you know, organize uh, the content um, so that it's more, more for your target audience than, you know, the, the machine that just generated this up. But it's really interesting at the moment to, to see what's happening there uh, with that piece of technology. And I only think that it's going to open the floodgates for more and more. It's going to be interesting to see actually what Google come out with next in terms of what tools they make available. Because, you know, you're right, Barry, I think it's, it was 10 billion, actually, that Microsoft... Yeah, <laughs> 10 billion that they that they pumped into it. And I, I was reading another article in relation to the amount of cloud computing costs that this piece of technology was actually burning through. I, I can't remember what the figure was, but it was astronomical on a daily basis. Um, so there's no doubt a lot of machine power in behind this uh, that is extremely costly. So it makes sense that Microsoft, for example, would be, would be looking for a way to monetize this. And I think that's what's coming down the line next. And I think if you haven't taken a look at this, now is the time to do it because it is free at the moment to use but it's not going to be free for the foreseeable. Exactly. But then, uh, as Peter mentioned, there are some alternatives out there as well. Um, and this is, can be just an, an easy way to um, get involved with this particular kind of technology, uh, a part of the digitization or the AI or the, you know, the, the machine learning side of things and, and just expose yourself to the power of it. Because to, to Peter's point of, um, you know, Google employing somebody to, to teach you how to search is in, increasingly amazing to me and um, I'm involved in that area myself that people don't know how to or have never heard of boolean search tech um, search phraseology for example to make google actually give you the results that it it wants because it does a pretty good job when you just type in oh I want to go on holiday to mexico where should I go and 
you know, people type that in and they get the results that they want. But you can actually tell it to get you very, very specific um, results. And this is just that evolution, I think, of of the internet, of digital tools. Um, and uh, I think chat GPT, whilst it's, it's free, jump on it and just give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's something we could pick up actually on upcoming episodes uh, of the Digitized Diaries, uh, particularly from even platforms like LinkedIn, for, ex- for example, how to search effectively on LinkedIn and get the best results um, and carrying out a, like a Boolean search uh, on LinkedIn is, is, a, is a technique that I often use when I'm using LinkedIn as a platform. So that'd be good to, to pick that up, Barry, and have a discussion around what that is, maybe share some examples of how that might be used on yeah. platforms like LinkedIn. Well, once again, folks, it's been a fantastic conversation today. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by today on the live. Thanks to Peter for, for coming up and sharing some insights and thoughts. It's always good, Peter, to have you on these discussions and these conversations. And hopefully more and more people will join us uh, on these LinkedIn audio events. We are coming back on Thursday uh, for a LinkedIn live. So please do keep an eye out for the event details on that coming your way. Um, Hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation today. If you're picking this up on the replay, uh, we want to say a huge hello to you as well. If there's something that you would like us to cover on an upcoming episode of the Digitized Diaries, we would be delighted uh, to hear from you. But once again, thank you so much for joining us on this episode and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening into this episode of the Digitized Diaries with your hosts, Wayne and Barry. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation and deep dive and today's learnings can help growth for you and your business. Don't forget to hit the subscribe so you get notified when the next episode is available. See you next time.